put some respect on my name. First and foremost, my numbers are better than 15, 16 or so guys that are currently in the hall. Here's the handoff. Taylor looking for some cutback. He finds him from looking for Fred go. He's across the 30. Look at him run. Fred's going. He's at the 50, the 40. Y'all, they y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? 20, 10, 5, touchdown. 80 yards, Fred Taylor. I'm talking modern day guys at my position. When my name come up, respect. Stop playing with my name. I ain't go right on it. And y'all saying my name put some respect on it. You look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame from a defensive standpoint. Ray Lewis, Derrick Brooks. Look at all these other guys they're trying to put in the Hall of Fame. Gerard on the get. Here's Taylor. Put some respect Busting on. through. Fred Taylor making the cut. Taylor is gone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. These are the same dudes that I merch every Sunday. When my name come up, respect. Stop playing with my name. I ain't gonna right on it. But he knows he doesn't have a big play team in Jacksonville, does. Draw play. Taylor skips two tackles. All right, and here we go. Bye-bye. Brock Marion chasing. Brock Marion still chasing. Gets help from Smith. Touchdown. No flags. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Mike DeRocco, and Hold my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, everybody, welcome in. Happy Thursday morning to you. I was listening to that. Tony Smith probably like, man, that breakfast bowl. I murk those beep every Thursday just like that. That's how I roll right there. At least he did last week. It's a good week. Mari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Drop that bomb on you. Freddie T is a finalist for the Hall of Fame. About damn time. Are you guys getting breaking news over there? You both, like, no. All right. I was looking at breakfast full stuff. All right. Uh, that's fine. That's, that's well uh, understood. We yeah. all do it. Down to the final two weeks. What are you? What's your excuse there, D-Rock, over uh, there, figuring out which Panthers to take this week? Yeah. Thielen, Young, I'm all in. Let's go. Chuba? Uh, Chuba. Uh, Chuba. No, I was returning a text. So Okay. That's all. Family text chain. Yeah. To DJ Chark, like, I got you. First overall. <laughs> I forgot about DJ on that team. Here yes, we go. That's, that's not what's Had a big happen. week last week. Woo, yeah, he did. Yeah, he You did. know who else did? Who I got? Uh, Mike Evans did, too. And I got killed on this show for taking Mike You Evans should get killed week. on this show. There are plenty of guys that have big weeks. Why don't you take Amari Cooper? Because I had already used Amari well, Cooper. Well, then why don't you plan ahead? I, uh, I did. That's the thing. I did. Oh, man. Yeah, like, honestly. Yeah, the hard time isn't about you predicting correctly that someone would be successful against the Jets. Then you choose them and you're rooting for that outcome. Yeah. Like, I don't root for anything. Uh, all you're, I do, you're hoping he doesn't score a whole bunch of points? I just want not to buy. So it is a self defense uh, mechanism. All right. Fine. Yeah, I well, think Tony, there's when you're as be, far behind as you are, that's all you got left to play. That for. is 100. percent There's got to be totally. some kind of penalty some <laughs> next year for like maybe a bonus every time you take a jag. There's a jaguar bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Like their points are multiplied like 1.1 or something like that, right? Something, like an yeah. extra well, 10 percent of a bonus. Well, something, and I mean we're gonna take the key guys anyway, you know. So when yeah. you take them, be nice to have a little bonus or. Um, 
you know, maybe just some kind of penalty for bad people like Mike DiRocco. Who well, I'll say that I think every time I've taken a Jags player this year, they have woefully underperformed. See, that extra 10% would have woefully come in handy right about now. <laughs> Pockets, good morning. Good morning. Pockets went triple digits back-to-back weeks. Yeah. yeah. Look at you, man. How about that? All right. Uh, Freddie T went triple digits, what, like nine in a row? On time he had what like nine was it nine straight hundred yard games he I think had? it was nine he was just a beast man I uh, spoke to him before the show Fred's traveling today and I know you heard him on the drill this morning you probably hear him all throughout the day as you should on 1010XL you're home for the Jaguars but uh, I was able to record a conversation with Fred we'll hear that coming up in about 35 minutes and we had a Don Zimmer moment <laughs> Tony uh if you remember D-Rock I don't know if you recall in your early 2000s media career when the Associated Press uh, sports Rolodex leaked? Yes, I do remember, remember that. Remember that, right? I it was do like page. That, yes. It was weird. Like it was a, a, quote, Rolodex, but it was really just like a file of names listed All mostly numbers. alphabetically, but right. then there were different groups. And it was just page after page of name, number, name, number, name, number, that if you wanted to get a hold of somebody, that's how they used it. And somebody hit the wrong button like, Reply all or so, and it poof, it was out there. I was working for Sp- Fox Sports at the time, and the like the headquarters of Fox Sports sent it to all the affiliates. You didn't get it from us. Like <laughs> here it is. Do what you can with it. Right. And I mean, it literally it had George Bush, the the second George W, um, had his number in there. He used to be the owner of the Texas Rangers, right? right? I we never tried calling that one. It was like his whole his residence in Texas. But he was president at the time. And uh, so anyway, we're on the air. We're like, uh, who's the guy that we could call live on the air that would be most likely to answer us and actually engage with us? We picked Don Zimmer. And we're like, so we call Zim. We're like, Zim, cold calling you. We're live on the air right now. Don't say anything bad. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, uh, all right, hey, I'm, I'm on the other line with my son. Let me get rid of him. I'll be right back. And we're like, Zim's hanging up on his son to talk to us. And he hung up on his son, and he talked to us for 20 minutes. It was unbelievable. Telling stories, fantastic. Had a moment like that with Freddie today. So you'll hear that coming up a little bit later on. But uh, Freddie well, fired up today, right? As, as he what, should be, Fred, 100%. Look, I, I think Fred is kind of smart. Like, Tony took a, a Tony's in the Hall of Fame. It'll forever be a whole thing. It doesn't really matter. If you're not a first ballot, I, I do think there's something to being a first ballot guy. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, the unassailable, unimpeachable, automatic level. The guy, when they walk in the room and say, Tom Brady, Peyton do Manning. we need to discuss yeah. this? Right. On to the next, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a certain level yeah. of guy, and that's fine, right? And then there's everybody else who's a Hall of Famer, right? And which is the vast majority of 90-plus percent of them. So Tony's always a Hall of Famer. Tony's great. Fantastic. But Tony basically, you know, he kind of went the route of, hey, you know, I'll leave it in the hands of people who watch my career. And we'd be out there, Tony, at the Super Bowl talking to various voters and and trying to drum up support for him, at least consider Tony deeply, what have you. And Tony's just like, it'll come to me. And, you know, he'd do interviews and stuff like that. Fred's like, damn it, I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. He's taking a completely different tack because he saw how long Tony had to wait and how patient he had to be. Man, life is fun. You don't know what's going to happen to you in life, right? Like, let's give Freddie the the plaudits he deserves while he can enjoy them for a long time with his family and the next generation of Taylors and on and on and on. So hopefully he gets And that would be cool because then I'll have two NFL Hall of Famers phone numbers in my, my, my Rolodex. <laughs> Pretty which good, Which will huh? not leak. 
Hey, I got Tory Holt too, so we can get uh, we can get him in, and then you know there you go. And uh, I'll text you his number later. If you have it. <laughs> but it, <laughs> Tory Holt's my dude, man. But uh, yeah, so look, I hope he gets in there. No other running back finalists, so you don't have that kind of like, oh, I thought this guy was better. You know, Tiki Barber was. You that know, I think is the biggest bonus for him yes. in this year's class. Because, you know, there's all those other running and, you know, like guys like Corey Dillon and stuff like that that they he's always sort of kind of compared to. So that's irrelevant when they're in the room. And and everybody was always talking about just get him in the room and get the discussion started. And that's where they are now. That's going to be awesome. Absolutely. So we hope the best for Fred. We don't know. I mean, it's out of our control, but we'll do what we can. Tone, if we're out there in Vegas for Super Bowl week, trying to, you know, just keep Fred top of mind and mm-hmm. – uh, arguably the greatest Jaguar of all time, which uh, I hope everyone took note. I sat there patiently with my finger hovering to hit send on this one. The tweet came out at 9.04 this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, in honor of Fred Taylor being named a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. Simple question today. The Chad and Sandy Real Estate Jaguars today. Question of the day. Who is the greatest Jacksonville Jaguar player of all time? So I do think you can make a pretty strong argument for Tom Coughlin. I think you can make an argument for Wayne Weaver, the whole Wayne Weaver. Look, it, it's either here or nowhere, right? There's nothing without him, right? Um, Tom Coughlin built things up to help, you know, he's a Hall of Fame candidate himself, right? So, but we wanted to focus on the on field, and that's why I made it very specific in the wording. Is it Tony Baselli? Is it Jimmy Smith? Is it Fred Taylor? I think they're the clear cut three choices for best player, the greatest player of all time. Uh, and uh, we did give you a someone else option, but I feel like every vote in there is a troll. I really do. Like, Someone's going to put Nathan Rourke. Uh, no, no, I, got, I just I got, know it. I got I, Taven I, Bryan, yeah. though. Today, like, I think so. the others receiving votes, I think the only one that could be legitimately in the argument, not that I don't think the three we got or the three is Burnell. Right? Yes, like because he's, he's the best quarterback. And his name's up on the stadium. Now. Yeah. Right, like okay, you know, if that's the guy that you think is the best, he's the best quarterback in franchise history to this point. Hopefully, they got one now that'll overtake him uh, here at some point in the near future. But it, I can understand him at least being part of that discussion. But I think the three are the three. Yeah, look, uh, greatest can be you can define it any way you want. Yeah. Statistical brilliance, or you know, Pro Bowls, or what he meant to you, and what he continues to mean to the franchise. Whatever, we're just happy for. Man, I just Absolutely. saw that yesterday. I'm like, it's about damn time. So, you know, we don't have to keep going through this process of getting in there. Let's hope we get him there. Hey, Jimmy Smith, we got you back too, man. You know what? Uh, we're just celebrating Fred today. Doesn't mean your numbers aren't deserving of that kind of consideration as well. And hopefully that'll come down the line uh, very quickly. But uh, cast your vote today on the greatest Jaguar of all time. Baselli Smith-Taylor listed alphabetically, or you can go off the board, but let us know who that is if you do vote for someone else. And then we'll get into today's edition of the Jacksonville Jaguars through the eyes of Mike DiRocco, who's been around the team a little bit uh, this week anyway. Uh, DRock, last week you are fairly confident that Trevor Lawrence would play. I thought this week maybe not so much, but we'll get into that coming up and uh, the different permutations of where things stand. Four-game losing streak, will they get it snapped? Uh, we'll hear my conversation with Fred Taylor at about 10.40 this morning, just about 30 minutes away. Uh, we'll also have breakfast bowl drafting for week 17, only two weeks to go in that, and it's very tight at the top. So away we go. If you want to get in and talk Jaguar football today in any of its many forms, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone line, same number 
for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at ESPN DeRocco, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. And, of course, the YouTube chat is open for you as well. All right, Jaguars today off and rolling. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Mike DeRocco Thursday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. Yeah, I would say collectively, you know, it's kind of when one thing starts feeling a little better, something else happens. It's kind of been one of those years, but uh, just this game sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate, but just keep battling through it and, and get back as soon as I can. That's Trevor Lawrence asked yesterday if this is the most beat up that he's ever been. It's been a collection of issues, uh, knee, ankle, head, shoulder. He's left three of the last four games with injuries. Yeah. That ain't good. No, it's not. Um, you know, and again, you feel like I feel like I need to preface this because people hear what they want to hear. Like, if you say something good, oh my God, you think he's playing well, right? So you got to temper everything and say everything you think every time you speak on the right. subject. You need right? the qualifiers, and, and you really not going to make everybody happy. But nevertheless, um, you can't question his toughness. Man, I mean, I know some people are saying he's being selfish. I don't think it's selfish at all. Like, he wants to play. If he's not able to, the coaching staff, the medical staff needs to hold him back, right? Correct. I mean, that's, to me, on them. You want a player to want to go out there. You want a player to have his arm dangling from the tiniest little sinew and go, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Right? That's what you want, right? right? I mean, and he's a tough guy, Tony. He's out there late. He's diving Mm -hmm. head first. In a game that's a blowout, he's he's laid it on the line, man. I, I respect the hell out of Trevor Lawrence. I really do. That doesn't mean he's a perfect quarterback. That doesn't mean he's a top 10 guy or or that he's fulfilling all the promise or that he took a step forward this year or any of that. I just respect the hell out of his toughness. I mean, I think both things can be true. He is, he's got to play better. But, damn, if you don't want that in your quarterback, man, uh, you can go root for another team. I, I want that all day long. Yeah, you don't want the guy that's like, uh, uh, I don't the, know the if I want to play. 100%, yeah. I don't I mean, know. Look, there are guys in the league that will not play if they're not. As good as can be. Yeah, right? like Nobody's 100% they per, yeah. say right, right. Right, but there are guys that won't, that don't want to play through that kind of stuff. Right. And look, here's the thing. Whether you think Trevor's played good, bad, in between, really good at times, not good at other times. The bottom line is, is he is getting the crap kicked out of him yes. every week. This has been a bad performance by that offensive line. That's not excusing any of the turnovers. That's not excusing the inexplicable drop of the football against the Ravens. I'm not excusing any of that. But if you're looking at Trevor and you're not seeing the fact that he's just gotten the absolute crap beat out of him every week, then you're not seeing the full picture. All right, here was Trevor yesterday when asked, is he able to say whether or not he'll be able to go this week? Honestly, can't even really answer that question right now. You know, of course, I would, I'll would. i do anything I can to be out there and play. Um, you know, this is a little unique because it's throwing shoulder, uh, which can make things a little more challenging as a quarterback, kind of hard to – to work around that, you know, other other body parts and things that are bothering you, you can I feel like you can kind of work around a little bit, but that makes it a little tough. So we'll just have to see how it feels each day. Um, so I can't really answer that now, but of course I'm I'm doing everything I can to be able to play, but um, I don't know what what that looks like quite yet. You know, here on Wednesday and it's still early. 
Now, Tony, I talked about earlier this week, D-Rock. Like, concussion protocol, you're the clitter, you're not. Correct. Right? With the shoulder, it's like, oh, well, I mean, there's no bright line, right? There's no, like, baseline test. that I, Obviously, they, they know how strong the shoulder needs to be and all that, but you're going to reach a point where you're like, what do you think? Can you do it? And you watch him in practice. Does it look like he can effectively make the throws he needs to make? This is a lot more gray area, subjective kind of decision, though. Yeah, absolutely, especially because you can't just go, well, we'll run it more this week to take some pressure <laughs> off Trevor. Okay. Because you can't. You, you, you could. can't. Well, you could. You could. Hand okay, it off then more, it's Tony. like second and 11. I don't think you'd run it anymore than I mean, you, do, uh, you know, yeah, Press Taylor's getting ripped for play calling. All year, second and 11, not a lot of great plays for second and 11, second and 12, second and 20. What was it, second and 20 last week with the end around? I mean, look, there's 22. Issue, second and 20. There's, there's issues all over the place. Press Taylor's had some issues, yes. I'm not excusing Press Taylor. But the inability of this team to be able to run the football is one of the major issues that has resulted in Trevor getting the crap beat out of him, too, because they can't run it. So they've got to put him back there and put it all on his shoulders in front of a bat or behind a bad offensive line. There is no doubt that they have been miserably bad here in the back half of the season running the football. Now, the last three weeks, they've faced teams that do a pretty good job stopping the run, right? Like they are facing that on top of that. This week, they're facing a miserable defense when it comes to stopping the run. I, if, I hope they're challenging these <laughs> offensive linemen in that room saying, guys, it's got to happen now. Like, There's no more time for us to wait. It's got to happen now. We know they have a talented back in ETN. We know that guy can get it done. If you give him any kind of space to make something happen, he can make something happen. This has to be a week where I know they haven't been able to run the ball. they got to be able to run the ball this week. It's it because of everything else that is going on. Even if Trevor Lawrence plays, he's playing with a bad shoulder to some degree on top of the other injuries this week. They have to be able to run the ball against this team. That doesn't mean they're going to be able to run it against Cleveland in the playoffs. They're playing Carolina this week, not Cleveland. They have to be able to run the football. I don't have any belief that they can. I will. know it. I don't either. That's the funny thing. I don't. Like, Derek Brown's a pretty good player. Um, I don't have any belief that uh, Luke Fortner's going to be able to do anything with him, against him, or Brandon Chair. I, I don't have any belief that those guys will be able to move him around at all. I, I, I think, I'm with you. I think it's 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 going to be. Um, it's funny though because like you hear about the um, irresistible force versus the immovable object. It's the complete opposite, right? It's the movable object versus the resistible <laughs> force. Right. And we can easily resist that, but we can also right. push you around. Uh, who's going to win in the battle of can't get the job done? I mean, that's really where it's at. And I'm with you. I don't. Have, Who is the least incompetent? Kind of in this aspect <laughs> in that of, of, in that matchup, right. who's the least incompetent? And I think because we watch the Jags every week, live and die on every play, and we know how much they've struggled to run the ball. Probably in Carolina, they're like, "Damn, man! If anyone's gonna get right, it's ETN this week." You know, like uh, because everybody does get off on Carolina in the run game, or so it seems. So I don't think Tony's wrong about that. You you need to at least give it. A spirited effort. It's got to be more than a half dozen carries. You know, but then again, you can't get blown out in the first half. You can't go field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, uh, kneel it out, <laughs> which is what the Bucks did last week, right? So, you know, defense got to step up a little bit too here. 
Well, if they can't get to Bryce Young this week, then that's the most awful indictment of this defense right now. He's been sacked 53 times. Only Sam Howell's been sacked more. Hey, remember when C.J. Stroud came in in week three, had been sacked 11 times in two games. Four, and was starting four backup offensive linemen. And didn't They, really they didn't touch to him. him. Right. He didn't have to wash his jersey that week. So, he literally just put it back in his locker. Yet, and they, yeah, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker have you know combined for a good number of sacks between them this year. There's really no one else. you know, And it's like Allen's on a tier by himself. Trayvon is then on a tier by himself. And then there's really no other tier. Right, you know, and the, the tiers of the fan base. The difference between the tiers is significant with those two. But look, Bryce Young has struggled all year. They can't really. I mean, they played well last week. I'll give him credit. They played well last week. But this this is a guy that you should be able to harass. You should be in his face, and you should be able to get two or three turnovers out of this, which is really the only way you're going to win this game. To be honest with you, you got to get turnovers. Well, and they're not doing that anymore. It, you know, they've gotten second most turnovers in the league, forced defensively. Yet they're underwater by three, right? Because they they've turned it over give offensively it ten times in the last month, which Crazy is amount. this worst in the league. So Trevor asked yesterday specifically for him, how can he do a better job limiting turnovers? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you guys if I if or I'd be wrong if I said that I didn't think I could be better. Obviously I've had a lot of turnovers this year. Um it's something where I know just ball security in and out of the pocket mostly in the pocket this year. I've, I've had some some fumbles. That's something that I got to improve on. That's something that, you know, every game there's going to be there's going to be some guys back there I'm going to have to be able to take care of the ball and not give the ball away in those situations. So, that's something where I got to get better. Um, and I I got to take the responsibility accountability for that. I know I got to be better and then just decision making, you know, there's plays where um you know, things happen and, and maybe I saw something and a defense give a certain look and maybe it, it, you chalk it up to the defense making a good play or making a bad decision or you miss a throw. I had one of those in the game where I missed a throw to Evan a little bit high um, and stuff like that happens and it's it's unfortunate, but you got to be able to move on. You can't do anything about it, can't change it. But moving forward, I think just really knowing that that's been kind of our Achilles heel as an offense has been turnovers this year, just you know, understanding how important it is to hold on to the ball and just making it even more of an emphasis. We do already, but obviously, you know, I need to be better. So just making sure that I don't put our team in any tougher situations than we've already been in and just take care of it. And that gives us the best chance to win more than anything is if we can hold on to the ball and uh, make all of our possessions count. Look, they can work on it and emphasize it as much as they want on in practice all week. And they do. But when the receiver misses the signal, and the throws where the throw is supposed to be, and the receiver's not. And Trevor, Trevor's falling I mean, on the sword in that answer, like right. it's all me, as, me, as me. He should, all right. right, as as every quarterback should. Good CEO type quarterback going to take that. Hey, blame me, even even when you know it's not his fault. And I'm not saying that he. Oh, clearly some of it's his fault. He knows some of it. it. Yeah, absolutely. But when Doug Peterson says that we got guys that are not getting the say, we change the play, and they didn't get the signal. D Rock. I mean, that like, don't tell me that's coaching because that's not coaching. That is personal responsibility on those receivers to know the game plan, to know the signals, to get the signal, to understand what the signal is, and then go ahead and run the correct route. People, that's not coaching. And people, if you're if your thing is, well, they're out there on the field. Who the hell else are you putting out there? 
Right, and that's the thing, right? People this say, is not there's got to be consequences. It's a 53-man roster. Where do you go? Right, where do you, you're already, you know, limited. Seth Williams, you want Kirk Seth Williams Jones. out there? Yeah. Right, do we go to the practice squad, right, for a guy who's got no chemistry, hasn't caught a ball from Trevor Lawrence in months and months and months, right. I and mean, expect it's him to come that, in and make that, an impact? That is 100,000% on players. If you're missing calls and missing signals and you're not, and you're continually doing it every single week. That's that's 100,000% on players, not coaching. All right, let me ask you this then. In, in that regard, I agree with you because you're a receiver out there. You're, you're looking in, right? You're right. lined up. You're looking in. Like, he signals to you. What do you think he's doing, right? I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's not swatting a he, B. Right, he's not, yeah. there's, not, there's no B. Uh, <laughs> there's no B on the field. Uh, what is something the coaching staff could do better, in your opinion? What is something the coaching staff could do better? I think the the biggest the biggest thing that they could do right now is try and find some way to to have some success in the run game. I don't know what that means though because we've seen them try a bunch of stuff. I think what they need to do is they need to pare down um Identify the big problems and make some changes if you can. Okay, what do you think okay. the big problems are? I think the, the offensive line um, has some issues, okay, big so, issues. Uh, everyone's talked about, a lot about Luke right. Fortner, Luke right? Fort, I, you know what? Is he strong try, enough to try move Try something different. Let's see if Tyler Shatley can make a difference this week. Um, but but we hear, like, the just to play devil's advocate, right? Because right. just to give both sides of it, Shatley doesn't move as well. They like to pull their center a lot and, and get – him in motion to the outside, things like that. that I get, yeah, absolutely. Your but, but when you know something is not working and you continue to do it, I hear you, bro. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just again. I'm not you know, saying don't try right. something new. I'm just saying I, I here's think, the response you're going to get to that. The play call where they gave Ridley the ball on the end around. Don't okay. call that. Is that I mean, t- look, Tony, here's, is that something here's the thing. Could do? I, I wasn't that in, one out. I wasn't in love with the play call. But the bottom line is, Tim Jones, who you've told us all the time great he's blocker. been here, is a great blocker yeah. and missed the block. Yeah. Now, does that mean Calvin takes it for whatever? Right. No, I don't know. I don't know. But he didn't execute the play but the way he was He didn't execute designed. the play. Well, and, and, and you're hamstrung as a, as a coach with play calling, with decision making, with all of that stuff. Yeah. When you've got guys that, and you've put them in the position you think that they need to be in to be successful and they don't do it. Well, the issues right now in the run game blocking are that they're taking turns missing, right? Like it's not one guy you can point to and say, that's the guy. If we could replace him, we'd be okay in it. It's the first play of the game offensively for the Jags last year. They sealed the edge. ETN had, it, it might have been a big play to start the game offensively for the Jags. Anton missed his guy. Yeah. Missed him. And he gets tackled at the line of scrimmage. That kind of stuff is happening over and over and over again in their run game. It's not one thing you can point at. It's that somebody misses their assignment on a play. The play doesn't work. It's it's hard to figure out exactly what that's going to be, except, hey, guys, man up, right? Like, you have to do better this week than you've done for the past seven. Like, that's what they need this week. I'm not saying that you can expect it to happen but that's what they need to happen if they're going to have any kind of success running the football. Well, and, and the thing of it is, is you get to this point in the season, and really when you get to, you know, the regular season starting, there's really not much you can do 
in terms of making significant changes personnel-wise. These are the guys you got, okay? You know, there's not guys sitting on the street that you can bring in that all of a sudden are going to be pro bowlers. It just doesn't happen. Nope. So here they are at this point in the season where Tim Jones is missing a block. Um, you've got, like you said, Anton Harrison missing a block. Uh, on, the play that, on the play that Trevor gets hurt on that fourth down scramble, if you look, ETN and Fort, Fortner blocks the defensive lineman, and then he comes off of that block, a combo block with, with Sheriff, and he comes off the block, and it sounds like we're picking on Fortner, so I apologize. He comes off the block, and with ETN, they both pick up the blitzing safety, okay? So Fortner's got hands on the blitzing safety. Trevor starts to move to his right. Should he have moved? I don't necessarily know that he needed to, but I get it. He's probably thinking, well, here we go again. Fortner allows the safety to get by, and the safety ends up chasing Trevor, so Trevor's got to go, and he can't, he can't just roll right and make a throw. He's got to go. So how is your center not able to handle, and your running back who hit him at the same time, how are they not able to handle a blitzing safety? Mm-hmm. Not a blitzing linebacker, right. a blitzing safety. It's stuff like that that's happening. I don't know, like coaching-wise, you got to be able to reach him. That's the biggest thing that they can do right now. They've got to be able to reach. And them. you don't think they are? Well, clearly not over right. the last month. Well, I mean, and how does that happen? I don't. I just don't understand. Like, it's not like this team is four and eleven and going through the motions to get through the end of the season. They're, you're in first place still after a four-game losing streak. It's all within your control whether or not you're the division champs and you host a playoff game. Do you not want that? Isn't that what you play for? It would seem like, I mean, look at Carolina last week, right? They got to win the week before. Like, oh, cool. You know, like this is only the second time all year. And they're down big this week. And ah, whatever. They come fighting back and tie that game up and almost win it. And, you know, so they're playing with a lot of spirit. And they don't care that they have two wins right now, you know? Um, I just It's mystifying to me how there's not more well, edge to this when, team. When, well, see – when when you see what's happened the last week and, and they last month and they're in that funk and they can't get out of it, it makes you start question the mental toughness of the group, which is crazy to think about when we saw what this team did last year at the end of the season and how they were able to rally and win those five in a row and, and come back and beat the Ravens and come back and beat the Cowboys and and come back and beat the Titans and then go down 27-0 and come back and beat the Chargers. You don't do that. If you're not a mentally tough team, Correct. and it's the same group, most the of same them, most group. of them, yep, year to year, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, man. Look, I don't Doug, know what to tell here's you. the thing: Doug Peterson's at a loss. I guarantee you, he's sitting in his his office and he's like, "I don't know what the hell to do. How do I get to these guys?" Like, it's very simple what they're doing that's costing them games. Mm-hmm. They're turning the ball over on offense. If or at it, least costing them a chance to win. You're not going right. to guarantee yourself that you're going to beat all these teams, but Correct. you're giving yourself but, but, a lot but, better but chance. But the kicker that you signed to make long field goals is missing field goals. He's missed his last three from 50-plus yards. He misses the 48-yarder against the Bengals. If he hits that 48-yarder, they win that game because then the, la- the next field goal they kick, that's the game winner instead of the tying force overtime. I mean, the guys that you're relying on to make plays – are not making plays. Trevor drops a football against the Ravens. Like well aware. Dro- just flat well aware. dropped it. I mean, like, how do you, as a coach, 
what do you do to to, to make that Man, stuff stop told happening? Not to drop the football. I, I mean, mean th- th- that's right. what I'm saying. I'm it's like, it, it, it it befuddles me when fans are like, "Well, it's on the coaches." How? What, what do you do? You're going to sit Trevor down for C.J. Beathard? But okay. ultimately, like you said, I mean, it's a weird thing because ultimately, it's on the coaching staff to get that level of edge, that level right. They can't make them hold on to the football, but they are supposed to. You know, they're supposed to take on the the personality or the whatever of your coach, you know, and just, I mean, last year, Doug kept saying, we're terrible record. We still believe everything's out there. We can, we're like, all right, you're two and whatever now. And they did it. And they showed you that they, they really did have to believe that because you can't go on the run they had without having that belief. Like, Hey man, we're almost a team of destiny. Right. And it's like the complete opposite this year. I think they're shook and uh, man, they desperately need, I, I don't care by what, Margin by what fashion they just have to get a W this week. Doug Doug went after I don't recall him saying this a couple of weeks ago, but I think this is the first time he did. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. He went after their pride this week. He said, guys have to have some pride and not turn the ball over. So maybe that'll work. Maybe it will. All right, we got to take a time out here. When we come back, I had a conversation with Fred Taylor this morning, right before the show, just that was when I could get in with Fred uh, based on his schedule. So we're going to hear that. Coming into the next segment, the Fred Taylor Hall of Fame finalist for the first time and hoping to become the second primarily uh, Jacksonville Jaguar-based player to make it into Canton, Ohio, enshrined there. Look, we're still rooting for Torrey Holt as well, and one day for Jimmy Smith to join that crew. But uh, we'll celebrate Freddie T, and uh, he'll tell you what this whole process has been like and give you some of his thoughts on where the current state of the team is as well. That's coming up next. You're listening to Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Mike DiRocco, and Dylan Denmark on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. DRock on Jags Today is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air, commercial and residential on 1010XL. Joining us now is a first-time Hall of Fame finalist, long overdue to get that far in the process. You know him, you love him, one of the great Jaguars of all time. Mr. Fred Taylor joins us here on Jaguars today. Freddie T, we know you're making the rounds today. You're a very much in-demand guy. We appreciate your time. Congratulations, man. What a well-deserved honor for you. Mike B, I appreciate you, brother. You know that, uh, man, and thank you so much. Um, it's been a while coming. I'm, I'm excited. I'm trying to kind of temper that down a little bit, but I am excited. I just understand the process, but uh, it, it's, it's it, it, it just means to me that uh, I'm one of the best in the world, obviously. Uh, uh, not many people can say they've been a Hall of Fame finalist, but the work isn't done, still a lot of work to do. Uh, but I am thankful. Uh, I spoke with um, E.T. I got an incoming call that I won't answer. I decline, I decline my wife for you, Mike. Oh, that's really? awesome. So uh, I spoke with Hick and with Dan and uh, E.T. earlier. And I just share with them, man, you know, I'm just uh, grateful to be in this position, regardless of how my career unfolded. I felt I could have done some things better. You know, obviously I did some things not so good, but uh, here we are. And hopefully the 50 selectors can find a way to uh, see some stuff they haven't seen or hear some stuff they haven't heard because I'm in the room and that was key. Right, they haven't heard the final argument for Fred Taylor. And we know it took Tony Baselli a few rounds. And, Fred, one of the things 
that was going on was Tony was going up against other really great Hall of Fame level offensive linemen. And, you know, it's tough to get a bunch of the guys from the same position in the same year. You're the only running back in this finalist group that may give you an edge getting in in your first uh, year at this stage. You know, that, that's a possibility. I, I don't know how it'll play out. I mean, it's an amazing list. When you think of Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers, they should be first ballot guys. Devin has to the best returner ever. You got three receivers on here and uh, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, and Andre Johnson. Uh, Reggie and Tory's been finalists for years. So you would assume that they would get a nod maybe this year or, or a year down the road. And Andre Johnson was equally as good as those guys. He pretty much carried the uh, Texans organization, even without a top-tier quarterback. Then you throw in Dwight Freeney, uh, Darren Woodson, Rodney Harrison, who has won multiple Super Bowls with the Pats, the uh, White I played against. And we all know what he brought to the table for the coach and how they kind of helped change that uh, franchise around to win championships. Jared Allen, you know, he was a long ranger in Minnesota for some years but still a baller. So it's an amazing list. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to be on that list with these guys. Um, we'll let the people decide. I think my numbers speak for themselves. Uh, I am the only back, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, and I should be. I think my numbers are better than the other backs that are, uh, you know, running to get to the same place I'm trying to get to. Uh, and there are, my numbers are better than a lot of backs that are already in the home train. Uh, so it speaks for itself. I have some other notable, some other tangible things that we can potentially use in hopes that it'll be enough one day to convince the selectors to uh, ink me in. Well, look, uh, my plan is to have the Jaguars today crew out at the Super Bowl again this year after a few years off due to COVID protocols. And we love getting those uh, Hall of Fame voters on and just kind of cornering them and explain to us why Fred Taylor isn't a Hall of Famer, okay? And they kind of put that thought process in their ears. So we're going to try to push that candidacy as much as possible, Freddie. While you're talking to the Jaguar fan base out there, many of which remember your so many great highlights, some of which were too young to really appreciate you at the time. What do you yeah. recall most about your career? When you think of your career, what, what is the first thing that springs to mind? Well, as it relates to, I mean, obviously, um, um, yeah, man, that's a tough one, Mike, but I have no regrets about my career. I finished 15th all time when I retired. Now I'm 17th. You know, that was big for me. I always wanted to uh, try to make top 10 and surpass, you know, one person who in particular thought I was his favorite running back earlier in my career, and that's Jim Brown. It would have been an honor. You know, not a slap in the face, but an honor to uh, pass Mr. Brown uh, simply because of how I view his career. So I kind of pushed for that, but the last two years of my career didn't go quite like uh, we had hoped. So I finished with 11,695. I believe uh, Jim Brown had 12,271. So I was a few hundred yards short. But uh, another thing that jumps out are, you know, the Hall of Fame coaches that I played against, I think they will be the first to tell you if we game plan to beat the Jaguars, it was to stop Fred Taylor. You know, it was to uh, get after Fred. Early on, it was also to stop Jimmy and, and try and find a way around Tony Baselli. But when those guys left, I think it turned into a, if we stop Taylor, you know, we don't have to worry about anyone else. Uh, so Tony Dungy, uh, Bill Coward, Mike Tomlin, you know, Bill Parker, 
uh, Coach Belichick, Coach who I played for, Marvin Lewis, you know, part of that Ravens uh, uh, great defense coaching staff. I think those are some coaches that I look at and say, okay, maybe y'all can say a nice little word or two about me uh, and how I maybe helped you not get sleep before we played you guys. And also some of the GMs that were GMs of some of those teams that we faced. Um, but, yeah, man, and, and the legendary players I played against at the Hall of Famers, you know, like the uh, Derrick Brooks, uh, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Pop, Fred Pop-Malu, John Lynch, uh, Rod Woodson. You know, it, it's some people there, man, that um, that just makes me feel good about where I am, and hopefully uh, that'll turn into – uh, and enshrinement someday. Yeah, well, hopefully sooner rather than later, man. And we're glad Tony got in. We wish he didn't have to wait as long. We wish you didn't have to wait that long to get to this stage. And we all know you're well-deserving, and it will come. We just hope they do it as soon as possible, Fred. And uh, we do appreciate you taking some time. I know you got a million of these you're doing today, but i just get a quick thought from you on where the current state of the Jaguars stands. Um, are they going to get the ship right and at least get a W this week against the Carolina Panthers? I mean, Carolina's a team who's been struggling. Uh, they've played a couple close games, but they've struggled. I know the one, you know, coaching assignment the last couple weeks, you know, I have been to get after the opposing quarterback, right? And when you look at the four games, when you look at the four games that we lost in a row, you look at those quarterbacks. You had a quarterback list, uh, Cincinnati Bengals team, or at least we thought, and then you go up to play Joe Flacco. And, you know, with the exception of potential MVP front runner and Lamar Jackson, who's a, an amazing talent, then you go down and you play, I can't think of his name right now, down in Tampa. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, yeah. correct. You know, and now you have a rookie uh, number one pick of the draft who you still think you can get after. So looking back, you would say, okay, maybe we win four of those five. We don't know what would have happened with Baltimore and what they bring to the table. Um, but if they go and just handle themselves, be the Jaguars that they are capable of being, you know, not beat themselves last week. Um, well, not last week versus the Ravens. I think they beat themselves. And then the Ravens go on and punish a San Francisco team, a really good San Francisco team. Uh, so they have to play mistake free. They're not good enough not to have a ton of mistakes. We have to make those kicks. Uh, McManus has made three, three big kicks. Uh, and we just have to find a way to get after the quarterback because, you know, for a while the secondary hadn't been great to hold up versus uh, a lack of pass rush. The offense has to play great. They can't put the defense in those bad positions that they've allowed them to due to the fact that, one, we can't run the ball. We have to be able to run the ball, put ourselves in position to uh, put points on the board. All right, well, listen, Freddie T., I know you got to run, and you run very well, as we all saw and uh, enjoyed oh, watching throughout your career. Man, it's been one of the honors of my career. I, I really mean that when I say that, to be able to work side-by-side side with you in, in some capacity, you know, on the Jags postgame show for the last several years. So uh, I, I appreciate everything that you've done to help me in my career and just the guy you are, man. And today's all about you. We wish you the best. And uh, you're certainly deserving, whether it comes this time or not, it will come in due time. And, uh, Fred, just thanks for taking some time out and being the guy that you are, bud. Mike, I appreciate you, man. And uh, thanks for letting me uh, hop in your fantasy league this year. I know I sunk <laughs> it up, but I'll bounce back. I'm always on the run these days. Um, but, yeah, I'll bounce back next year. 
All right, we'll count on it, Freddie T. Have a great day, and uh, congrats once again. All right, Mike, thank you. No lies told. Fred stunk it up. <laughs> he just automatically assumes hey. he's getting in next year, the, too. The, How about that? Right. That's kind of arrogant. The truth is the truth, Fred. <laughs> You're a Hall of Famer, and you also stunk it up in the Fantasy League this year. Uh, Freddie is the best. Uh, you can vote whether you think he is the best of all the Jaguar players. Uh, Baselli, Smith, Taylor. That's our question of the day in honor of Fred Taylor's first time as a Hall of Fame finalist. Uh, another hour to go here if you want to get in. 641 10, 10 more from Trevor Lawrence uh, coming up. Mike DiRocco in on this Thursday morning. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Mike DiRocco, Thursday on Jaguars Today, is brought to you by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. All right, DRock in the house with us here. We'll uh, get a, more from Trevor Lawrence coming up momentarily. We've got the breakfast bowl about 20 minutes away, maybe 15 minutes away. Last week's winner, Tony Smith, going to take us around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Denver is benching quarterback Russell Wilson for the remainder of the season and plans to start Jared Stedham for the final two games of the year, with Wilson serving as the number two quarterback there for the Broncos. Green Bay has suspended cornerback Jair Alexander for one game for conduct detrimental to the team involving him walking out for the coin toss this past weekend. Uh, Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray did not practice on Wednesday due to an illness, but he is expected to be able to play this week. Chicago running back Deontay Foreman was a full participant in practice on Wednesday after missing last week. Tight end Cole Komet did not practice on Wednesday due to a knee injury. Cincinnati wide receiver Jamar Chase did not practice yesterday. He missed last week due to a shoulder injury that he's trying to work through. And Miami wide receivers Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and running back Devon Achan uh, all missed practice on Wednesday. Their status for this week for the Dolphins in the air. Mm, big one for them, Dolphins-Ravens. I remember when the Jags had big ones in terms of high seeding in the AFC. I mean, four is still a high seed, and that's really what you need to focus on. I mean, we went through it yesterday. D-Rock, there are some ways you can qualify as a wild card, and – you don't want to go down that road because the control is out of your hands, you know? Um, win this week, just winning this week puts you at about a 50-50 shot no matter what else happens with the Colts and the Texans and yourself in Week 17. You're about 50-50 to still make the playoffs just by winning this week. Obviously, being Tennessee, would help. you're going to win the division if you win them both. Right. Um, you're going to have a little bit better shot because Tennessee's an AFC opponent. It helps you with some tiebreakers if you were to split them. But, oh my God, how many people think <laughs> on a five-game losing streak they're going to go to Nashville and win, right? So you feel like it's got to end this week. Sure. <laughs> I'm not saying – right. I'm, I'm not saying I mean, it's look, going to. I'm no, saying you feel I, like enough is enough. Right. I mean, if, if, if you said, hey, give me a scenario where this team can bust out of its slump – I would say, this well, would be the one. Right, have them play the Panthers at home. And, I, and, oh, by the way, the Titans, regardless of they're your rival, they're going to be up for the game, whatever, they still stink. They're still a bad team. They're not very good. Right, Five I mean, 10, I think, yes. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, record-wise, at least, I, I'm not saying they're not competitive in any given week, but that's how the NFL is. You should be competitive. The Jags were competitive with the Bengals. They were competitive with the Browns. Heck, they were competitive for three quarters with the Ravens as well. Not so much with the Bucs uh, this week. Here's Trevor Lawrence. Asked yesterday, how does he get back on track? 
figuring out a way to win. Um, you know, and I th- a lot of that's what we've been talking about is the details, is the execution, taking care of the ball. That's the number one thing. You, you know, I feel like if we just don't have turnovers, we got a good shot of winning the game. And then, of course, there's other stuff you got to do. You got to be able to move the ball efficiently. You got to have some explosives. Uh, you got to be pretty good on third down. You got to be good in the, re- in the red zone when you get opportunities. So all that falls into it, but it starts with taking care of the ball um, and not giving them short fields, not giving them momentum, um, all those things. I think that's where you start and then from there, it's just honing in on all the details of the plan so that you can do all those things. Uh, D-Rock, last week I think you were fairly optimistic about Trevor's availability, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Based on, right? And he did the midweek press conference, even though he was in the concussion protocol. Well, he did the press conference again this week. No, he didn't week. do the midweek last week. That was CJ. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. He did. He did. Uh, but yet you were still I was pretty, pretty confident that yeah. he would clear the, the protocol. Right. I was. He did speak this week. You're not as confident this week that he's going to get cleared, it seems like. No. Uh, it, and like he said in his thing, it's a shoulder. Right. Um, the thing you have to worry about is you have to look long-term, and long-term is the week after. Um, you know, look, you need Trevor to have any chance in the playoffs. And, sure, and but you, you ha- might need him to get there. You might need him to get there, but I think you don't ever want to take a team lightly. Um, but if there's any doubt, that he could be doing some further damage. Here's the other thing. The offensive line stinks. He's getting hammered. We know it. I mean, he's going to get hit, and he's not going to not run because he's the, of the competitor that he is. So he's going to take some hits in this game, and you just kind of worry if he's in there and he's going to take a beating, does he make it worse? Um, my guess is he'll probably play just because of uh, – Basically, unless I see a bone sticking out of his leg or, like, his skin, then I'm just going to assume he's going to play the next week because of everything he's done in his two-plus two years here. But um, I'm not as optimistic. I think it was, it was two weeks ago I was really optimistic. I wasn't sure about the, the concussion. But the ankle, I was, pretty, I was really optimistic he would play with the ankle. Because of the concussion, I think it was just, you know, it is what it is. Right. But yeah, yeah, But yeah. we knew if he cleared the protocol, he would they were going to put yes, him out there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, so, you didn't get great returns with him not practicing last no. week, right? So, if you have another week where he doesn't practice again, even if he's physically cleared to play, how much does that factor into – or is it just, hey, he's healthy, he's our, our healthy enough, he's our guy, that's it. There's no yeah. question about it. If he's cleared to play, they'll play him, he'll start. Uh, last week he wasn't out there on Wednesday and Thursday. Yesterday he was out there at practice, behind the offense, watching, had the play uh, sheet on his wrist, the wristband play sheet. So he was at least out there and engaged. The week before, because of the protocol, he couldn't be. So maybe, you know, you at least feel a little bit better about that this week. And, uh, you know, today's practice will tell a lot if, he, if he's doing any throwing, um, you know, and tomorrow – it's it's a weird situation because the Gator Bowl's there, so there's you know we're not able to see practice. Right. So would would get a better read tomorrow, but we'll see what they they say. My guess is they'll list them as questionable. Uh, Tyson Campbell and Andre Cisco, right? Um, their absence from the field in the second half this week, injury related, performance related, combination of the two. I think it's a combination. The and the, I, the injury was causing. Yeah, a less than and, stellar and, and performance. Mike Caldwell was, you know, said yesterday, "Hey, look, you know, you got to be careful with those guys coming back um, from those kind of injuries. They haven't played in a while, and you don't want them to re-aggravate it." So, but I think part of it was, you know, look, that game was out of hand. Um, you know, by late in that 
third quarter. Um, you know, the question, you know, the, which lends a legitimate question, should Trevor have still been in the game in the third quarter? I had no issue with him still being in the game in the third quarter. I think you keep your starter in, you know, into the fourth in a situation like that because, look, you came back from 27-0 before, so there's a precedent. I know it's minute chance, but I didn't have a problem with Trevor being in there. Um, you know, I didn't notice any drop-off between – Campbell and Cisco being in there and Campbell and Cisco, Campbell and Cisco not being in there in that game. So we'll see how they go this week. A um, lot of guys banged up still. I mean, I know they're getting healthier, but a lot of guys banged up. No doubt. I mean, but hey, life rolls it on. Is. It's the NFL, yeah. right? I mean, you know, how many times can you point it out? Cleveland Browns are on their fourth quarterback and they're hot as anybody right now. So, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. That's for sure. Go out there and get the job done this week. All right, we'll uh, pause the Jaguar discussion for the moment. Don't forget the question of the day is out there. You can uh, vote on social media. One quick uh, click is all it takes. In honor of Fred Taylor being named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who's the greatest Jaguar player of all time? Is it Baselli, Jimmy Smith, Taylor, or is it somebody else? And if it is somebody else, you better come up with a damn compelling argument. But uh, one click, at MD underscore 1010XL, you can vote on that. And Pockets reminds me, Got a pair of tickets to this Sunday's game. So, we're going to give those away right now to caller number four at 641-1010. Caller four, and we got a pair of tickets to go see uh, Jags face the Panthers in the regular season home finale, hopefully a victory uh, for your team on New Year's Eve. If you want those tickets, be the fourth caller right now at 641-1010, and Dylan will hook you up with that. We come back. We go drafting breakfast bowl style. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and beautiful people all across the world. Let's get ready for the breakfast bowl challenge. Mike Tarocco on Jaguars today is kept comfortable by Lloyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. Are you comfortable, D-Rock? Perfect. Very important that you're comfortable <laughs> here. Void seating in air. Taking care of D-Rock. Us too, by the way. I'm very comfortable at the moment. All right. Time to go breakfast bowl drafting. Your boy, me, bought breakfast this week. Fourth time this year. I had to buy. Been fairly. And first time I got first one. First time you've gotten any. That's right. You've and been then out of town. Shout out to Chick-fil-A for screwing up the Diet Coke. Yeah. Yeah. I told him. Give me high test. I know you did. Right, give me I high totally test. believe that. But was but you. but put diet on the receipt. But give me high test. <laughs> okay. So D Rock took one sip. Whoa! And uh, didn't get his caffeine fix this morning. Wouldn't drink it. You don't just won't do the regular, huh? No, it's too sweet. Ugh. Yeah, I've cut out a lot of soda myself. Like you offered it to me, and you, normally I'd be like, no, I passed on that one. So anyway, um, Tony Smith, tell us how it went down last week. You. So-and-so Amari Cooper drafter you. Uh, darn right. Won the week with 103.38. Thanks in large part to the 51 <laughs> that Amari Cooper got me last week. Uh, Pockets, who's on a good little run here, 101.9 uh, to be in second last week. D-Rock third with 89.92. And as you mentioned, uh, Dempsey bought breakfast for us this week. 53.76, that was your low score on the year, so it replaces the other score. I think there was like a Really? Two that point, was my low? Yeah, I think it was like a two-point difference All right. uh, between the two, but yes. That's not that bad for yeah. a low, though. Yeah, I that's mean, the score that got thrown out. Considering my low score is 24. Yeah. 
That's yeah, bad. That's, that's bad. bad. But hey, that's what we do. We throw out the the high and the low, uh, and uh, give you try to give you a representative sample. All right. So it's me, D Rock, Dylan, and Tony. In that order, we draft quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and a flex position can be a running back, wide receiver, or a tight end. It is point per reception scoring. The big tricks are you can use each player only one time all season, and once a player gets selected, nobody else can have them that week. Now we made the determining lap nation last week that if somebody gets selected inappropriately that person is going to get stuck with the zero but if we know at the time like if you have a guy locked in that you know i'm the only one who can take this guy and somebody takes him mistakenly well they're going to get a zero yeah but you can still use him yes. right we determined that last week so uh i'm on the clock with the first pick and um i know i'm going to use this guy in one of the last two weeks and uh it's just a question of do I want to play him potentially with a rookie quarterback, or do I want to maybe wait a week and see, and then I see that the guy who'd primarily be locked up in coverage on him is suspended for the week? Give me Justin Jefferson um, going up against the Packers with Jair Alexander. What a weird story that was. Decided to go out for the coin toss despite not being named one of the captains. <laughs> Won the toss and said, we want to be on defense. Yeah. We want the defense on the field. What you're supposed to do is say, we defer – so then Michael Floor had to basically cajole the referees and go, oh, that's what he meant. And they let him do it, which is kind of striking. But mm -hmm. he just said that the hell with what the coach wants. I'm going to be the captain today and go out there. And they said, no, no, you're not. It was so his hometown. That is why ultimately I went with Justin Jefferson this week instead of saving him potentially for next had Tony snatched him up. D-Rock. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I'm going to ride the hot hand and go with Baker Mayfield. Baker! Surprised you didn't take him last week, quite honestly. <laughs> Baker Mayfield off the board. Dylan Denmark. Since I'm a big boy, I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. Tailback. <laughs> because you're a big boy? Yeah, that was what you said. Remember, you were like, me and Tony could pick him. I said, well, only Tony can get Jonathan Taylor. He said, okay, good. Yes. Yes, I was happy about that because I said, <laughs> I, I, well, here's the thing, Tone. Like, I looked at it. I said, oh, please, I hope Pockets takes Jonathan Taylor in the first round. But I didn't want to influence it. Mm -hmm. I just said, who are you taking? He goes, well, I better take Jonathan Taylor before Tony. I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, I didn't tell him who to take or anything like that, but I, I knew they were the only two, and it was a, obviously Houston's a good matchup there. So, Tony Smith, we finally made it to you. Give us two. We did. I will go, jeez, uh, James Cook. And let's take a look here. Jeez. Um... Dalton Schultz. I know nothing. Uh, pockets. Give me Rasheed Rice, wide receiver. Okay. I really have you used uh, DeAndre Swift this year? Because going Taylor Swift would have been a fun first couple picks. <laughs> right there. Uh, all right. Um, D Rock got Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I got a lot of guys that no one else can take mm. here. So I'm kind of stuck in this area here. Um,. I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Okay. How's that ankle feeling? He's fine. Is he? He's fine. He We're was good. gimping all over the place. He's fine. Is he? We're fine. <laughs> Look, We're good. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm really in some. I, I took way too many receivers, you. so you got to take a chance every. All right, uh, hand me the dice. I'm gonna roll them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, please. Pacheco, 
got a knee to the head, buddy. Why don't you take a week off? McKinnon's on IR. I need Pacheco to sit out this week. Uh, but uh, at this point, I feel like that's a worthy roll of the dice. All right. Uh, I'm going to go tight end here. Give me, uh, what is it? Tucker Craft? Is that his first name? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, they give me the Green Bay tight end whose last name is a brand of cheese. It is. <laughs> it seems fitting. Yes. Right? So uh, that's where I'm going there. D-Rock. Yeah, uh, now we're into the guys no one else can take. Uh, I'm going to take Puka. 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 All right. Pockets. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you ever have a Puka pocket? Hmm. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Oh, look at him. He He's... I feel like Dylan's playing the the inside game, Tony. Yeah. Dylan versus D-Rock. He's like, oh, you want Puka? Watch this. I'll take <laughs> Stafford. All right, uh, Mr. Smith, you got uh, James Cook. You got Dalton Schultz. Uh, Gino Smith. Gino and... the Bambino. And, man, I wish that dude had practiced yesterday. Um... Devontae Smith. Okay. Apparently that dude practiced yesterday. Is my guess. All right, uh, Mr. Duraco, running back or tight end? Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Good I skipped him, Dylan. My bad. Yeah. My bad, bro. Give me Zay Flowers a flex. Just waiting to come back to me anyway. So. <laughs> All right, Zay Flowers it is. My bad, Pocket. Now I'll go back to you, Rob. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, please. All right, Jameer Gibbs. All right. Uh, speaking about going with the hot guy, I ain't doing that. I'm going Brock Purdy versus bounce Washington. Back. Bounce back. Big guy. bounce back spot here. Number one fantasy matchup for quarterbacks. And now the question is, which of his receivers do I pair him with? Because I can have either one for free. One of them's a little bit banged up. I'm going to go Ayuk. And hope I make the right choice there. It's probably a big Debo week, but that would help me anyway. So I went uh, Brandon Ayuk officially. D-Rock, need a tight end, please. Yeah, and Joku. Point chaser. Point chaser. He's, he, he just declared you a point chaser. That's fine. Hey, I was point chaser last week. And well, sometimes Hooper it works. may not play tonight. True. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, pockets. Give me Kittle. Tight end. Give me Kittle. Oh, Purdy will give him a few scraps. And Tony. Take it. <laughs> I hate doing this. Uh, Austin Eckler. Mm. I don't know. I don't hate that so bad. I, it's, I've thought for a while now I'm probably going to wind up not using him, but I'm so down. Like, I don't have a bunch of options I love. I don't have many good point. running backs it's left. A, it's a good matchup against Denver. That's basically what I'm playing. Yeah, I'm just rolling the dice. CEH gets 20 touches. And, I, I mean, I if he gets 20 touches, if he's out there, he's going to catch some passes. We'll see how it works. I got Purdy, CEH. Jefferson, Kraft, and Ayuk. Uh, D-Rock's got uh, Baker Mayfield, Jameer Gibbs, DJ Moore, David Najoku, and Puka. Dylan goes Matt Stafford, Jonathan Taylor, Rasheed Rice, Kittle, and Zay Flowers. Tony's got Gino the Bambino, James Cook, Devontae Smith, Dalton Schultz, and Austin Eckler. A breakfast bowl locked and loaded for another week. Congrats, Freddie T, Hall of Fame finalist. Uh, he is part of today's Jaguars today, question of the day in honor of his making it to the final 15, which will be cut down to five inductees or um, soon-to-be inductees uh, during Super Bowl week, who is the greatest Jaguar of all time? We gave you Baselli, 
We gave you Smith. We gave you Taylor. First name's not necessary for any of those. You can go off the board if you want to. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Greg says, without Tony, Fred wouldn't have been Fred. I don't know about that, quite frankly. Um, Fred had a lot of productivity, even post-Tony Baselli, but uh, certainly doesn't hurt. But I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not, I don't have any problem with anybody voting for any of those options there other than someone else, but you do you. Uh, we'll discuss that when we return in a moment and uh, get uh, at least a projection prognostication from Mike DiRocco and what you're going to see for the home finale in the regular season. I stress regular season. Still hoping to get that home playoff game. We'll see how it all goes down. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Mike Tarocco on Jaguars Today is kept comfortable by Boyd's Heating and Air on 1010XL. All right, Erod. Stop. Never mind, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it makes me want to do it a little bit, though. Do it. Nah, I won't do it. I, won't. I can't do the whole thing. I yeah. do walk around the neighborhood with the extended version of Rapper's Delight quite frequently. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'd say I'm like 93% on the Sugar Hill Gang. The Sugar Hill Gang, like the full version like the 15 minute version oh my god oh yeah 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 i had the original lp back in the day long since lost it for the history. younger audience those are vinyl records yes you know long play <laughs> lp long huh? playing is what that was yes uh that was like 82 83 something like that yeah it was you know early say? 80s rapper's delight Check it out, kids. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Rappers the You will not Light recognize it as any kind of in... rap music that you're familiar with now. Uh, no, you won't. Uh, wow. Actually came out in 79. Mm. Man. So I guess uh, I was like in maybe going into seventh grade or something like that back then, right wow. around that time. Yeah. Seventh grade. We are strolling down memory lane, we sure are. Tony. We sure are. But one day I'll do the whole full version. Maybe on my final day on the show. Whenever that comes, <laughs> my retirement party. Maybe not. All right, uh, D-Rock, yesterday's questions of the day, we had two of them presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. We asked, um, first off, which of these two, I asked D-Rock these questions to prep him during the break. He came up, instant answers. Which of these two players do the Jags miss the most when they're unable to play? Christian Kirk, Cam Robinson. Kirk. Okay. I mean, I, I, they can function. A little bit, and and they have functioned without Cam in there. They, they are two and six without Cam, though. Yeah, well, the offense can't function without Christian Kirk in there. Clearly, I well, think. he's not going to be there. So, do is there any point in showing up for the last two weeks then, or or no? Stay <laughs> home. I mean, I got to be there. That doesn't mean everybody. Do else you do be. you think Cam Robinson plays this week? Yes. Okay, I do. And uh, do you think that'll have a significant impact? I think it will. Okay. Um, I think Cam's the one guy on that offensive line. That has attitude, um, and I, and that's not the difference in winning or losing sometimes. But you know, I think I think he raises the level of accountability on that offensive line, and I think that'll help a little bit. Uh, sometimes it takes that spark, right? It does. To light the fire. Sometimes you know? it's a little some, cliche, but sometimes you need a pat on the back, and sometimes you need a kick in kick the rear in the end, and then maybe you know maybe Cam will. Deliver the kick in the rear end. Uh, 833 votes on that one. 62% went with Kirk yesterday. And then uh, we also asked flat out, yes or no, will the Jags make the playoffs this season? Yes. Okay. I think they win this week. And I think they win next week. You do? Despite so you, the fact so that So you think they'll win the division then? I do. Okay. I do. 
despite the fact that there's literally no logical reason to pick them, I think they're going to win this week. I mean, week you, there are week. logical reasons, Tony, I think, to pick them this mm-hmm. week, right? I mean, it, it, as bad as they're playing, they're still playing a team that has really been the worst consistently all year. Now, they're it, it, if you look at a two-week snapshot, you can argue Carolina's been playing better, and it's not a hard argument to make. But we also see it week to week to week. I mean, you know, who is this team? Oh, watch them the next week. You know, San Fran, a juggernaut, or are they a pretender who just got punched in the nose by a, ba- by a Baltimore bullied. team that was leading the Jags by three going into the fourth quarter the week before? They were leading San Fran by three touchdowns going into the fourth <laughs> quarter. I mean, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's just that kind of league. Um, 59.5% went with yes, over 770 votes on that. So uh, let's get to today's 10-10 take. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by JNM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialists. I think the key to the question today is how you define greatest, okay? Let me say right off the bat, Tony Baselli, Jimmy Smith, Fred Taylor, all amazing. Phenomenal. I don't have a qualm with anybody voting for any of them as the greatest Jaguar of all time. I think of it as performance-based, but, like, you can look at Baselli and go, hey, Pro Bowls, man. He was he did it, right? Five Pro Bowls, um, you know, but you could also look at Fred and go, well, how's it Fred's fault? that he didn't get voted in to the Pro Bowl. And, you know, he played in an era of ridiculous running back production oftentimes. Um, you also harken back to, like, with Baselli, Tony, mm-hmm. guys like Munoz and John Hanna telling Tony and I that he was the greatest they ever saw, as good or at least as good as anyone they ever saw play the position. Well, Jim Brown would consistently say Fred Taylor was the Best among his peers. The best running back in the National Football League. Jimmy Smith's numbers stack up well with anybody during the peak of his career. To me, Fred, though, like, Baselli's all full Duval. There's no question about it, right? Some people call him the mayor of Duval. He's so affiliated with the team, all this. He's been part of ticket drives, all, all these different things. I don't – Tony's fully immersed. I do feel like Fred Taylor is, like, the people's champ, though. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. And – I think that when you talk about greatest, it's who who do you who brings the smile to your face? You know, like not Tony's fault. Tony will pancake the hell out of you. That's his job, right? Tony will protect the quarterback. It's not as flashy as Fred. I thought Fred was every bit as good at what he did. You can't stack up Pro Bowls because that's out of his control. But I think when you look at Freddie T, where he stands, there's no qualified in terms of been out of the league long enough, qualified for the Hall of Fame running back that has better numbers than Fred Taylor. No. I think when you look at, you know, the the way the game has evolved, right, since those three guys got to play, and I think Fred's game among those guys is the one that you look at it now and go, whoa. Right? Like, he's still the guy that you watch him and you go, what was that? Right? And he was running around in an era where they had – really good running backs in the league. But you look at him and compare his highlights to a guy like Adrian Peterson, and you see it, right? The two of them are comparable. And you compare that to anything happening in the league now. McCaffrey's a great player, and he may wind up being a Hall of Fame player, but I look at the way he's playing and the way I watch Fred Taylor play, and I'm like, it's not comparable. These two are not comparable. Fred is way better 
right, than McCaffrey is currently in the league, and he's clearly the best back. I think Jimmy compares to whatever historical period you want to put him in. I think Jimmy compares to anybody all time doing that kind of thing. But I do think Fred alongside a guy like Adrian Peterson, that combination of size and speed, it just doesn't exist at the position right now. It takes Derrick Henry time to ramp up to it. Fred was like Quicksilver, and he had that size. And you go back and watch his highlights. Every time I watch him, I'm just sitting there going, how? Like 70% of the stuff he did, I'm just watching and go, how in the world could he make his body do this uh, kind of stuff? But it's because he was special, and he's finally going to be looked at by this committee, and I don't think it'll take long. I, I think there's a chance it could happen this year. I do too for Fred, because given of the that class. he's the only back in, right. the, in the room too. I think that helps him a lot because of the position that he was playing and being the only one in the room that they're going to look at from that position. Uh, I think he's got a realistic chance to get in, but I think we've gotten to the point now Fred Taylor is going to be a Hall of Famer sooner rather than later. Uh, D-Rock, when you try to suss this out, um, what do you go to? What's your criteria? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really a tough decision for me because of all the stuff you've talked about with Fred, and then when you listen to the greats of the game at left tackle and offensive line and what they say about Baselli, mm-hmm. It's hard to 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 dismiss that or to just say, well, you know, he played so, sh- you know, his career wasn't that long. Um, he played an incredibly important position. But then I look at Jimmy, too, and I go, well, what would peak Jimmy do in the NFL now with the way the rules are now? Because even when he played, they were still a little bit more stringent with defensive. Uh, def- they were you a little still, more lenient. You could put your hands on Yeah, you were more receivers. lenient with what defensive backs yeah. could do. No doubt. Be a monster. Um, I, I mean, it, it's... Uncoverable. Yeah. He might be. He I mean, as be. strong... Jimmy was strong as hell, too, yeah. right? I mean, he was fast. He had all the moves. He could cut on a dime. But, man, if you wanted to play the physical game, he could get physical with you as well. I just feel like I, I want to cop out and say I don't. Re- I really don't know how you I must could vote. choose. You must choose. I must choose. Um, you know what? What I'll do just to 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 make the argument or on, on one side or the other. Since you guys, I, I'll go with Jimmy because Jimmy, okay. just what I say. And, and what was it? Seven straight thousand yard seasons, thousand yard receiving seasons that he had nine total, seven in a row. Not many guys have done that in the NFL, in NFL history. I think Jerry Rice did it, and there might be one or two more, but not many guys have done Jimmy's that. Jimmy's peak five years were, yeah. were like, well, top ten. It was seven in a row, in a row and nine of ten. And right. the one that he didn't get to a thousand is when he only got to play 12. Like, Jimmy was a freak. He was. He was an unbelievable and, – and I keep going back to what would he do now? It would His numbers would be even better. He'd Pockets. Be, yeah, he'd be uh, Justin sorry. Jefferson – Right, no, Twice. right, yeah, or like, yeah, he'd yeah. be. I mean, obviously, put him with the right quarterback and all that, but that's a big factor. Pockets, uh, you have What's a up? younger perspective. Yeah, who do you vote for in this? Uh, I'd say Fred. And why? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, going, I just click on one. Yeah, I just click on one. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't know. You just like you said, you, you you take everybody's perspective. Guys that are in the hall, guys that he played against, and they're all like Fred's no doubt. And I can't say I watched it because I didn't see it. Like, I was born in 98, so I just have highlights and sure. their perspective. Well, yeah, so. I mean, you didn't really see the peak of any of these guys. Right. Yeah. But that's what I would go off of. All right. Um, 98? I, Did I? Yep. 
Youngster. <laughs> and that's it's what happens, D-Rock. Uh, people keep having sex vote? and having kids. Can you vote? Are you allowed to vote? Are you old enough to vote? Barely. I mean. <laughs> Just able to run a car. I, I feel so old. Dangerous right world now. out there. Um, Here's where the poll stands right now. And it is, look, it's Fred Taylor's There's no day. wrong answer. There really isn't, no. right? And this is not to, again, slight any of these guys. Tony Baselli is in the Hall of Fame, right? He needs no validation. He's got all the validation he needs. And he's, I, I would think, be fine with being in the conversation with Fred and Jimmy. I think it's it's very reasonable to have this. Um, Freddie T pulling down 57%, 28% Baselli, 12% Jimmy right now. I thought it would be a little cl- little closer. 2.6% said someone else. Um, I know someone wrote in Nathan Rourke. I know they did. I know see. they did. Brunel, uh, got some Brunels, did, and that's yeah, you know legit. I mean I get it. You know legit. He, he's a quarterback, the greatest quarterback in franchise history. Um, I don't know who Jag Fieri voted for. He said Fred had a better career. Tony was the best overall talent. Just curious who he voted for. Mm-hmm. Uh, three way tie. So, yeah, yeah, all right. So you didn't vote. Uh, Minshew. Taven, Brian, see the trolls were out as well. Blake um, got some of that as well. Uh, Fred over Tony, and it's not close. That I disagree with. Mm-hmm. I do think it's close. But uh, you know what? Let's get them all into the Hall of Fame one day and celebrate that. And there's room for plenty out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, from Mia O'Brien a few minutes ago, big note from Doug Peterson's Thursday availability. No available. Ability tomorrow due to the Gator Bowl. Cam Robinson looks all but ready to go. We'll make a decision on left guard as the week goes on, but notes Little and Cleveland both battling injuries. Rest will go a long way for either. And obviously, because Doug's already stated this, mm-hmm. if they're both healthy, Walker Little will be the swing tackle and Ezra Cleveland will be your starting left yeah. guard. So we'll get to D-Rock's thoughts on the outcome of this game. But first, let's say hello to Hacker Nation. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Morning, Hacker. Mike, how are you? I'm well, Hacker. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, man. I'm good. I I enjoy the impersonations very much. That wasn't. That was just me going full deep voice on it, because you're you're coming at me with the the bass and the baritone. Um, Who's the greatest Jag of all time? That's a great. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, it's one of the three that you've mentioned: Jimmy, Fred, or, or Tony. Um, oh, I thought you're Jimmy, Fred, or Taven Bryan. No, no, <laughs> Taven Bryan would probably not be on my list. I will go. Uh, man, that's tough. It is right. That's I really mean, it, tough. it is, but that's that's it's why like we ask you. Six in ones. one hand, half a dozen in the other. Uh, again, if you're gonna rank them, if you're gonna pin me down, I would probably say Fred Taylor one. Probably Baselli one A and Jimmy one B, but I mean they're that's they're fine. interchangeable. You got to put me. it, but if you have to pick, I mean that's what we do, right? We we rank things and we debate things, and to say you're second, if you feel that way, you know, to Fred Taylor, I, I <laughs> do, honestly doubt that that really bothers Tony Baselli all that much. I don't know. I can't you, hear it over the gold jacket that he can Right, he's like, oh, right. Right. Oh, I get caught on my ears yeah. with my gold earmuffs as well. So, so uh, The Fred Taylor thing to me that is going to be interesting, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it. I mean, he's the, the last running back on the all-time rushing list that's not in, that's eligible, right? Adrian Peterson. He's, he's got the, the highest numbers of anyone who's so far eligible. Right, he's so 17. Right, who's Frank not Gore, in. though, isn't in yet. He's right? not eligible. Not, not eligible. eligible. Oh, just eligible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Adrian Peterson's not in because he's not eligible. All those guys are going to get in. 
If Fred gets in, by I the way, Frank play. Gore has no business being in the conversation with Fred. Frank Gore is adorable player at the NFL Longevity, level. Longevity, yeah. He, he ain't Fred Taylor, buddy. He's not. I mean, his numbers are are undeniable oh. when it comes to getting into the Hall of Fame, but. They call those guys compilers. He was a very talented compiler. And he's going to get in. He will get in. He'll but get he, in. He ain't Fred. But he's not as good a player as Fred. I, I don't know anybody yeah. that would have taken like for I mean for one season, one game, whatever would have taken Frank Gore over Fred. You need Taylor. to put Frank Gore in the Jaguar Hall of well, Fame we understand for getting that. that first down, yeah. man. But if you put Fred in, then that opens up a case for Stephen Jackson and Warwick Dunn and Corey Dillon because their numbers are right there with Fred Taylor. And look, I, we don't live in St. Louis, obviously. I would imagine in St. Louis, they're banging the door down for Steven Jackson, just like we are here in Jacksonville for Fred Taylor. Well, who was a better I'd say they're back. not quite there with Fred Taylor. Because like we said, Fred's got more yards than anybody. All-purpose yardage Steven Jackson has. Him. Okay, that's fine. Now, granted, I think Steven Jackson played longer. I think Steven Jackson, when you count receiving but, and I, rushing, was like 15,000. I have no problem plus. with Steven Jackson gets in. You know, but here, here's the thing. Fred's the only one, the only running back on the ballot this time around. I mean, this right. is the time. This is the time to get in. First time finalist, boom. Find yourself in because, you know, once next year, who knows, maybe Tiki Barber makes it in the finalist list, you know, or, or maybe Steven Jackson. And then, you, you know, you start splitting the vote on these guys. And the one thing that I couldn't remember last night, I know it took Baselli a while to get into the room, right? We always talk about getting into the 15 or you're talked about. And once Baselli got in there, he was in there for a couple of years, but he never got out. Once you're a finalist, don't you normally remain a finalist until you get in? Have there been guys that have been finalists? Oh, I'm sure there have been. That the next year have been kicked out into the semifinalists? I'm sure there have been because, you know, you get years when you get an influx of of no doubters. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's it's probably a high correlation of year to year to year, but I, I don't think it's, a lock. I would imagine there are cases where the next year, I can't think of a specific one off the top of my head, but either way, bottom line, Fred's there now. Let's not worry about next year. Get him in now, and we don't have to have this issue. Get him uh, in now. We're going to have fun Canton next year. What are you and uh, Baloo doing? Yeah, we got Leon Searcy coming up, obviously, to preview the game and talk about Fred Taylor, and then certainly a lot of Jaguar conversation and some bowl talk coming up as uh, bowl week continues. All right, Hack, have a good show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Somebody, again, on the text line, Tony made Fred look good. I think it works both ways. Mm -hmm. And, by the way, Fred had a lot of post-Tony Baselli productivity, again, here in Jacksonville. So, look, not knocking Tony, not knocking Fred, not knocking Jimmy, no matter who you vote for. Congrats to Fred. Hopefully Jimmy can join uh, that finalist list one day and we can get a trio. I'll make it a quartet with Tory Holt. Mm -hmm who will certainly, if given the choice, go in as a Jaguar over anything else. Why right? wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, right? Uh, D-Rock, do the Jags win this week? I do think they win. Okay. I think there's – and I, maybe I'll have a better feel for it today, but I kind of got a little bit of a sense of from in the locker room yesterday, all right, enough's enough. I hope so, man. I was hoping you'd say that phrase, like, actually. This BS has got to stop. Um. This is ridiculous. Uh, you know, that's – but, you know, I do sense that there's a little bit of panic going on in that building over there, and I do – which, you know – Fast start pan, Panic, desperation, I mean, that can be good at times. Absolutely. Uh, Depends on how you channel it. Correct. Correct. But I did get a little sense of, you know, th- th- this this BS has got to end. Um, you know, and, and – and Guess what? That's overdue. That correct. attitude is overdue. Correct. And – We'll find out a lot about the mental toughness of this this group right here because, you know, it's in question right now. Um, we'll find out a lot about how they show up on Sunday.
And, and look, if they win on a McManus 58-yard field goal as time expires, that's fine. I'm fine. Uh, totally. You know what I win mean? Win this game. Have to win this win game. Win this game without being decimated by injuries. Because if you win and you lose six guys for the season, you know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. It's deflating. But just win this game. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care the Carolinas two and whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Win three to nothing. Win five to three. <laughs> Get a right. safety. I don't care. Uh, it's five yeah. to nothing for a while. Uh, San Fran was up the other day. That, uh, it's always fun when you see five in an NFL well, game. Scoregami, right? right? That's what they call it when the game yes. is the, yes. uh, the scores that have not happened before. Yeah. That's, uh, we'll take one of those. I don't care. We'll take whatever. Just take a W. Uh, D-Rock's always great working with you. Look forward to starting a fresh year. <laughs> uh, well, good. You see, now he's got a little me in him right there. But you know, we mean it, man. Happy New Year to you and yours. And uh, we got our final show of the year tomorrow, or the calendar year. Uh, Tom McManus will be in. So, uh, D Rock, enjoy the game this weekend. We'll look forward to k- kicking off New Year's with you next Thursday. Absolutely, everybody. Let's remember to be safe on New Year's Eve, safe and smart. Get the hell out of my lane on the highway. Okay, yes. enough, of the, enough of this <laughs> nonsense that, that's been that. going on. All right? Just yeah. get out Whatever. of my way if you right. want to be safe. Yeah, get especially coming home from that game because that's what it's a New Year's oh, yeah. Eve game. We're gonna yeah. people getting out of there around you know four thirty five oh, o'clock. Bro. Uh, Christmas Eve, I'm in the middle lane. For t- it had to be, and I'm probably I'm not gonna tell you how fast I'm going, but I'm going play fast. And two guys go by, two cars in the left lane, one twenty five. Easy. I mean, ju- not just passing, like like you were standing still. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <sighs> so be careful. You're right. <laughs> D-Rock, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, Mike DiRocco at ESPN DiRocco. Check him out at ESPN.com. Tom McManus in with us tomorrow. Oh, D-Rock missed if you're wondering that piece of pepper he threw over his shoulder did not go in the trash can. It <laughs> did not. As far as you know. All I right. was wide left. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey, uh, Hacker and Rick Blue. Coming up next right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM.